Hello and welcome to Roll for Topic, a very special Roll for Topic. I'm Chris Salzman. And I'm Andy Rao. And this week we're joined by... Kyle Latino. This Good is job, the sound Kyle. of my voice. Thank yes. you. I remembered my name and everything. <laughs> yeah, well thank you Kyle for coming back on. Um, this is a very special, I, I would maybe a holiday episode, I guess you could say, where we are going to build a dungeon together. Um, and then we're going to have a follow-up episode in a couple weeks or so where we uh, make some other people play through it. Yeah, so I think this is actually going to be pretty fun. Um, it could be a terrible train wreck, but uh, hey, it's the end of the year, so we're going to try something. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, Andy, why don't you go through a little bit of sort of the document you wrote up? I know we just talked about it, but if you could go through it again, like kind of what our framework is going to be for putting this thing together. For sure. So I figured that a good way to structure this is we would spend a little bit of time at the beginning talking about the kind of dungeon we would like mm-hmm. to build. We'll talk about... Uh, you know, what levels is it for? What's the theme of the dungeon? Does the dungeon have a general, you know, aesthetic to it? What kinds mm-hmm. of, what types of creatures and, ha- and inhabitants might you find in the dungeon? And then once we've established some of those, um, those basic details, we would move in and we'd maybe map out six or seven key encounter areas or rooms in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just see where it goes. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we had talked before we jumped on that like the thought is that this is something you could run for like intro level players, right? Levels one through three in the D and D parlance, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe three to four characters. Um, so that'll give us like a little bit more of a framework. And then the reason we're thinking like six to seven rooms is or six to seven encounters is that yeah, we also don't want it to go on forever. So it's a, it's more of like a one shot <laughs> idea. Yeah. I have not personally made a ton of dungeons. I'm sure, like, I have you know, lots of ideas and stuff for encounters. So I'm curious, before we get, like, too far into it, like, what's your guys' experience with doing this? And, like, how do you typically approach kind of a greenfield project like this where you're looking at, like, how do I build a whole thing thing out for my players? Okay, I I uh, I, I think I've said this probably on, on several... I think I've probably said this every time, but mm-hmm. I do think that the um, first edition Pathfinder Beginner Box Dungeon is... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really good. Um, yeah. it's, it's just like, it's super simple. It, it's easy to roll, uh, to roll out for a one shot. And, um, it has a, a great mixture of like random artifacts to play with. And then also, uh, like a kind of more of a story driven, like monster based thing. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of different kinds of challenges in a very small space, which is nice. Am I remembering, does that one end with, like, a dragon that you sort of start to fight and then it flies away? Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's okay. designed, it's designed, there's, like, a scripted, you can't kill me, and then, yeah. so that's where your true adventure begins, yeah. beginner box, buy yeah. the full <laughs> 600-page Pathfinder, Jim yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've run that a couple times as well, and I concur, it's a really good uh, beginner dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, not that the players we'll be playing with are necessarily beginners, but I'm wondering, like, you know, so what the things that, like, to me that stick out about that adventure, right, are just that, like, you have sort of this, like, you know, you're in a new place, you're kind of exploring, and then you hit something that's just, like, totally insurmountable, um, which is pretty fun. But um, are there other, like, intro-level dungeons you've played or run that you really liked? Uh, not that I didn't design myself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I actually find that a lot of, and I've played, I've tried to run like a couple of, uh, the, the dungeons from like Tales of the Yawning Portal, fifth edition, mm-hmm. yeah. like classics, like fifth edition takes on Sunless mm-hmm. Citadel and, and things like that. 
and I think they're actually like remarkably difficult to run and and difficult for players to read as like a space that has contingent meaning between rooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my answer. <laughs> my just experience. Put everybody on blast. Okay. <laughs> my experience running uh, dungeons kind of as intro experiences is mm-hmm. actually that there's usually not a lot of dungeons in them. Most of the dungeons I have made myself tend to have some sort of structure or facility on top of them. And the mm-hmm. dungeon is usually like the literal dungeons of that facility or, you know, some sort of subterranean levels. And yeah. so I'm actually used to spending to having that initial kind of welcome to D&D experience being uh, making your way through the ruins of a castle or an old, uh, mm. you know, an old structure of some sort. And then sometimes the PCs will enjoy that dungeon crawling enough that we'll just continue down into the dungeon. And sometimes they're like, oh, that was fun. Let's go to a different place. Um, mm. So, yeah, this will, if we wind up doing an actual, like, honest to God, under the ground, worms and dirt dungeon, uh, it will, you know, it will be somewhat uh, fresh and new to me. <laughs> yeah, um, I like that. Like, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards, right? So, the, again, like, the people we'll be playing with have... And I like kind of designing stuff based on the people that you you know you'll be playing with because I think it's a little bit more fun to have it be personalized. So they're all like hardened veterans of tabletop games. <laughs> you could you could say right like these are people that have been around for a while. So like part of me wants to just lean heavily into tropes because I think that's kind of fun. Not surprise them. It's like there is a a dank dungeon below the castle, or like you find a cave. Um, while you're out exploring, yeah. here's um, a there's a hole in the ground. Why don't you all just climb into it and see it? <laughs> yeah, I like it. You know, it's like there's a hole in the ground, and like if they try to decide to ignore it, like the hole follows them around <laughs> until yes. until they jump in. <laughs> Wizards Could of be. the Coast. I think Chris is available to, uh, to for freelance work. You, the you... hole follows you. <laughs> Goblins come out of it. Yeah. Uh, is all this to say, are we all leaning towards building a hole in the wall or hole in the ground uh, underground series of Labyrinth Dungeon? Because there's this other tradition of D&D dungeons, which is like weird locations, mm-hmm. like some of the weirdest being like there's a crashed spaceship, something is underwater facility or a an ice fortress. I mean, there's been weird stuff throughout the history of D&D. Yeah. So I'm just, do you guys want to do weird or do you guys want to do like the standard... Uh, I think either would be fun to explore. Um, but I, mean, I don't know. Weird's pretty great. Like my initial thought was, I mean, could you do a dungeons that, that is essentially just like a modern day supermarket, right? Like, is there a way to <laughs> way to describe it to the players such that it's like them as you know middle ages style <laughs> fantasy adventurers wouldn't understand any of this, but like to the you know to the modern eye, <laughs> it's clearly. I, I think- Actually, the problem with doing like structure with like modern or realistic structures like that is that they tend to have really dull layouts. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're when you're doing kind of more underground labyrinth, you can have it be twisting and in, in in all mm-hmm. different directions and stuff like that. But you know, if you it would be hilarious to you know stat out a Walmart, but it would be like a giant room with a few <laughs> you know adjoining office uh, stuff there. You know. Uh, there wouldn't be that weirdness of navigation that you get when you ha- have a more fantastic environment. I mean, what if you statted out, uh, I mean, this is just to borrow from Stranger Things directly, like stat out a mall, right? Like that's a slightly more interesting structure. It is labyrinthing. It, yeah. yeah it's, it, it does have, 
yeah, it does have kind of like twisting corridors and, mm-hmm. you know, back passages and, and balconies and stairs. Yeah. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if, uh, if it was an actual honest to goodness mall, you know, it would, uh, evoke that post-apocalyptic vibe that is present mm-hmm. in a lot of at least early D&D. Um, yeah. Anyway. That would be that would be interesting. I think a mall is, is probably too ambitious for the scope of a one-shot, yeah. but um, it would be interesting to do something that's like I, like Stephen King's The Mist, but from the other dimension's point of view. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. like suddenly like the fantasy dimension is accosted by... <laughs> By like a, a bus stop or something <laughs> like that, with a bunch of like scared Americans that are armed to the teeth yeah. because they're from Idaho or something. Yeah. A bunch of level lowly. one monsters venturing into the gas station <laughs> to investigate. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Also, that like will... you're a 400 foot tall monstrosity coming from the yeah. mist. But you know. <laughs> I, that, yeah, that'll I be think... in the next episode. We'll do yeah. like the uh, the crazy. Yeah. Huh. I like you know, that idea a lot, but <laughs> you know, yeah, that's that's. I think that's definitely follow up territory. I think yeah. you know what would be great is to is to make a dungeon that is that just like happens to be in the basement of whatever the you all meet in a tavern. Tavern is, mm-hmm. um, yep. and it's like because that way it's like you can you can start the adventure. You can have some quick role play. And then there's a scream from the basement, and then you're off to the races, you know? Yeah. I like that. So, like, would you, you'd go down to the basement because there's a scream, and then it's just like, it is a dungeon, or is there like a hole in the wall, or, or a hole that follows you around the basement? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think uh, either a hole in the wall or some kind of like cursed mirror or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, something that intriguing, it, it, that is intriguing that beckons. Mm-hmm. That beckons you to uh, uh, to to explore it further. Uh, I don't know. I, only, I feel like there's yeah. that, there, there's a lack of a hook there, but I'm just I'm just thinking like as for simplicity, like intro level stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you get right to that dungeon? And maybe I'm trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist. Oh well, I mean, it's kind of interesting. It, it reminds me there's like an anecdote of an early, like a very early D and D game, and I don't know who, like, who the famous people were that were playing, but like the the inn that they were in that they started in, like it was just like a pretty normal place. But then when they tried to leave, they just kind of went out one door and came in another. Mm, yeah, the inn, right. And it was like then they had to figure out like what's going on. So I like the idea of starting them in a place where it's they think they know what's going on. Like as soon as they start exploring, it's not what they think. An advantage, I wouldn't say it's the most inspired idea ever, but the advantage of the going down to the basement and it, there's more down there than you realize has the advantage of starting out, you know, with something kind of familiar. And mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, I, I do kind of like the idea of like, you know, the basement is adjacent to some, a very unnatural, you mm-hmm. know, uh, set a complex or something like that. And for somehow a connection has been opened up, you know, the wall broke. So yeah, something broke through the wall, or or something like that. <laughs> this is like the reverse of the D and D cartoon. Did you ever see that? Like the kids I are at a carnival and then they get sucked back, in, they get sucked into a D and D. Yeah, because like, like, yeah, they got they were on the they were on the famous Dungeons and Dragons roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I I think I like this path we're heading down. Let's just like put that to the side for right now and just come up yep. with something totally different so we can kind of like see which one we like. So mm. 
the other option is to um yeah is to go to something that's like you like they're just venturing out somewhere right there in the in the woods somewhere and they stumble across across something or like you mentioned an arctic fortress or like the alien spaceship or like yeah something like that um or having to just be like you're just in a big forest looking for something right so there's no like rooms necessarily it's just a bunch of encounters mm. that they could run I, I i think a couple of thoughts real quick i think first of all i'm all for the like starting the adventure with like you're in front of the weird arctic <laughs> fortress like yeah. you know and let yeah. the gm figure out how they got there or the players figure it out and i think for the purposes of our exercise right now i would probably vote for something that's like a somewhat contained mm-hmm. environment in, internal environment yeah. not like an open area thing although it would be super fun now that i think of it to also design like a, a hex map you know environment in which yeah. this could be placed maybe yeah. a, a future episode right? yeah um yeah I, yeah have please invite me on for the hex crawl episode. yes <laughs> the, yeah i like the I really like this is going to sound dumb, but I really like walls um, mm-hmm. because they are they are very right. they, are very, <laughs> they are very clear obstacles that limit information, mm-hmm. but also don't like nobody. I have never had a player yet who goes into a cave and they say and 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 the the you know the hallway ends in a T junction. You can go left or right. And they say like, well, I use my warhammer and bash through the middle to see if there's a wall on the other, you know, a room yeah. on the other end, which is a totally legit thing. But mm-hmm. it is it is an obstacle that seems to lend itself to like telegraphing where people should go, and they're solving a navigational problem as opposed to a um, uh, like a, a rickety bridge or like an other physical challenge mm-hmm. that is met with some kind of skill roll. Yeah. Um, so, and that's what, that's why I like dungeons as as finite, clearly defined spaces, mm-hmm. because it gets people to interact with, with the rooms and problem solve without, without rolling dice. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think it also like to that point and just kind of restate that it keeps them from, from trying a bunch of stuff that's just sort of not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah, if you have sort of infinite space on every side of you, like, well, just go in a different direction. But like, it's like, well, you got to kind of focus, <laughs> focus your yeah. players a bit with the architecture. Um, so let's make uh, some executive decisions here yeah. just to get us rolling. Okay. So um, do I hear we're going to make an underground quote i put dungeon in quotes because we haven't decided exactly what it is an underground Mm -hmm. enclosed environment does that sound Mm -hmm. right okay and it could be so we should talk about what kind of a thing it is it could be like a just an actual dungeon or Mm -hmm. a a series of natural caves or um it could have once been an above ground facility that is just now buried a little bit under the ground. That happens in real life. It could happen in D and D too. Yeah. Does is is anything jumping out to you guys as a good hook? Because I think um, it would be interesting to establish maybe what if, if this whatever this thing is, if it has been around for a while, it'd be interesting to establish what how it was originally made. That might inform some of our choices about mm-hmm. um, what we'll find in it. Are we talking about what's in the taverns, the, the tavern's basement? Yeah. Well, yeah. What? So is is it going to be in the basement of a tavern? Is that how you get into it? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have to name the, the tavern. Oh, um, 
we, we, we can come back to it, but we, yeah. we're going to have to name the tavern before we're done. Here, yeah, so. please, if you can, um, if you can write that down that we need to name the tavern <laughs> <Okay>. somewhere. Uh, so a thought that occurred to me, what if like the city that the tavern is in, that they're, they're inside is just like a city that at one point just built itself on top of another one. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, yeah. it wasn't even like the old yeah. city was in ruins. They just sort of like leveled off the top as much as possible and just built yeah. on top. <laughs> Are there parts of like Seattle or something where yeah, this happened? I, I think uh, this is a common, like, yeah, sort of common in some, some places. And I want to okay. say I even saw like something like this in Kentucky, but yeah, so maybe there's just like the basement of everybody's house actually goes into Oh, neat. Like, could go into one of these places. Yeah. And there's all sorts of rumors in the town about like whose house is on top of what treasure. Oh, there's... that's a great one. There's a actually Istanbul. Um, the, the Romans, when they when they were in Constantinople, they built these giant cisterns under under the city, and then it got covered over and forgotten about. And then uh, and then you know the the city kind of the, the 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 march of time continued. And then one day the uh, it was discovered that there were these giant Roman cisterns under the city. It was rediscovered when uh, an archaeologist was talking to somebody who said they were catching fish in their <laughs> basement. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and and so they go down to this guy's basement, and sure enough, there's this hole that goes down to these like beautiful like stone carved things, uh, oh, and it's cool. like it's like a giant room full of water and like gorgon carved gorgon heads and wow. stuff. Yeah. It's just like it's a crazy place. That's cool, um, but I'm sorry we we already decided this adventure is set in Kentucky. So. <laughs> well, I was just saying, like that's that's an example of like yeah, like ancient civilizations kind of coming into contact with you yeah. know the overlapping of spaces and kind of like how even like a casual domestic space can 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 transgress into the fantastic. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Actually, yeah. Um, so I really love that idea and I think we should just rip it off wholesale for one of the rooms. So I think like, okay, so they go into the dungeon, you know, they go down in the basement and maybe the basement, like there is one of those cisterns, but then there's a hole kind of like through one of the cisterns that they, the party can swim through to get into sort of the rest of the dungeon. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And what if, what if there's like frog people or like fish people down there that like yeah. they're, they're, they're like awakening from some kind of like old hibernation or something like that, that like, yeah. you know, the, 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 the fresh oxygen from the surface world has, has <laughs> stirred something ancient. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Oh, sorry. Uh, I mean, just, <laughs> Getting a little I excited. Think, I think you would say that. But... <laughs> Uh, no, oh. that's good because because uh, yeah. one of the questions we should answer is what what sort of thing is down there mm-hmm. and to like guide us as we choose the encounters. So one option on the table is uh, you know an amphibian type of uh, theme, uh, fishy fishy type of theme. Yeah. So Ooh, are we gonna, yeah. Are we gonna they, build a water? They could be like eyeless eyeless albino amphibians that can only sense you if you touch the water. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm like I know I'm just jumping ahead, but <laughs> what, whatever we do, we need to make sure that uh, playing this dungeon requires a total mastery of the underwater movement rules. Yes. Which, uh... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was so kind of thinking they could swim through, and then there's like skeletons, but that's cool too. We could do fish people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's uh, 
let's let's just pause and ask ourselves a few basic questions before we get straight to the fish person okay. skeleton. What okay. if they're telepathic and they lay <laughs> eggs by invading your memories? <laughs> We have to go deeper. <laughs> All right, folks, we're done. I hope you've enjoyed this special dungeon episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I just want to review a few things before we start. Mm-hmm. So we are uh, we are charting on a dungeon that consists that is a kind of buried. It's like an undercity, mm-hmm. uh, a partially intact undercity. It's under the ground and it is accessible at various points through people's like basements or just. Uh, through basements and things like that, right? Basements and cellars. Yes. So there might be a couple of entry and exit points into this dungeon through, you know, basically different people's cellars. Um, yeah. What if, uh, what if we started by describing like the main building through which you would access uh, this area? So here's, here's like a, a, a beginning question. Is it, inhabited and do people know there's a dungeon down here mm-hmm. or is it something that the pcs will have to root around and discover i think like so I, w- what i really like from what kyle was saying is i like the thought that like something that they thought they paved over has awakened um so whether that's fish people frog people or you know shark people what some you know, <laughs> you know something like that like there's something that is sort of like there's something that's changed recently so there's an earthquake or a magician cast the wrong spell or someone you know delved too deep down in their basement something like that like so they've awakened something <laughs> new. it's a very yeah less I just wanted a bonus room <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um, okay, uh, c- carry on, Chris, before we... Yeah, no, no, like, here. I think, um, so that's actually a really, really interesting point. So, like, maybe it's, like, so everybody knows they're on top of another city, right? And so, like, everybody's basement actually is, like, kind of as expansive as they want it to be, um, right? But, like, it doesn't exactly, like, lead into the Undercity other than this one tavern. And this is sort of the discovery that the, that everybody makes because either something comes out or there's, you know, something that compels the adventurers to go in. And we could possibly just leave it open to the GM as to how yeah. to introduce this. I mean, if it would be fun for the players, you know, the GM could have the PCs be in the tavern when the thing bursts out of the floorboards or whatever it is. Yeah. Or the PCs could have heard about it or be directed by, you know, some townspeople to go investigate mm-hmm. as a, in the aftermath of the earthquake or whatever it is. Um, yeah. I don't think we need to spell that out too much. I think for the purposes of like keeping it as a one shot, I what I want to avoid is that there's like 50 different entrances that you can all go explore and pop in and up and out of and, and all that. Cause it'll yeah. just get too like, yeah, too complicated. So I'd love it if there's just sort of one sole entrance to the main thing, but like yeah. there's, there's evidence of it all, elsewhere. What if, what if the tavern owner is serving these fish that he's taking, he's getting from his basement? Okay. And so, like, there are these, like, weird, these weird, like, yeah, eyeless cave fish that he's, that he's selling. Yeah. And, oh, he's, like, serving so, them, like, giving, he, selling them to yes. people, not, like, worshipping them. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he's, okay. yeah, he's, he's just, he's just frying them up. Like, he's beer battering them and frying them up for, for tavern goers. Yeah. And, and like so you see like other patrons like eating these like weird fish mm-hmm. so like it's a way of like telegraphing that like this, this is kind of this is an yeah. interesting local delicacy that we've run across here i don't know that yeah. it fits my taste but yeah it's just like a way of like you meet in a tavern and then you can you can talk about like as you're kind of talking about the local color 
mm-hmm. of like the people in there and like what kinds of dishes and drinks people are eating. Like that could be one of them and, and, and kind of a clue. It's just like, how cool would it be? It's just like, yeah, you, you go down to the first room of the dungeon and immediately you see the living versions of these fish that you saw yeah. people eating. And you're like, Oh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could even have one of the, like, the barkeep, like, when you order food or something, you, like, uh, and he goes and, like, picks up a, a fishing rod and goes and marches downstairs. Yes! And then comes oh, back yeah. up with a bunch of fish. Yeah, like, just to, I mean, to, to kind of seed that idea. What if the PCs eat some of this fish? What's, like, a little, con- what's a little condition that can be applied to them? What if they get, like, more sensitive to light? Ooh! Yeah, I like that. I so like, like they get almost like limited dark vision, almost. Yeah. Or... Oh, okay. that's really good. That, yeah. I like that a lot. That like so, that suddenly like their eyes begin to adjust weirdly. That's what you could do because like so the tavern itself, you could when they walk in, it could just be darker than it should be. Ooh, I like right? that. Like make that a, a key kind of component of it. It's like it's. it's there's there's only there's too few candles or something like that, you and know, it's, it's lit it's lit by like strange smelling oil lamps. Yeah, it's like, yeah oh yeah, just like the <laughs> tavern owner is really just using every piece of the buffalo with this hole in his basement. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the times are hard. You know, the economy is what the economy is. <laughs> this could even be this could even be um, like a an outpost, like a trading post thing that's kind of like out in the middle of nowhere, kind of like the the trading post in in Hateful Eight. So like there already is this sense of like isolation. It's like it's just like this trading post in that's like out away from a city. It's like a day's ride by horse, just oh. like kind of in the Rockies somewhere. Yeah. And and so like you're 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 maybe that you could you could say, oh, you, you can't leave because there's a blizzard. Like there's all kinds yeah. of reasons you could make people have to stay in this location mm-hmm. and they can't go get help. And there is. Yeah. So like maybe this guy just happened to pick a building his trade. His, he dug his root cellar in, yeah. into this this ancient city on, on this like old, old uh, mound that was like covered over by the gods because of their unspeakable blasphemies. <laughs> Throwing something out there. Uh, <laughs> I like that. So if we get away from having to be a full city, then it's just sort of like a creepy building. Yeah. You know, middle of nowhere. And then so that's, that's easy enough to sort of drop in and have yeah. all sorts of reasons why you're there and you can't leave because if you leave, there's nothing else. Yeah, that's you. good. I like that too. Okay. Gyms can just drop it into any travel sequence yeah. that they want. To. All okay. right, so we've got the PCs, we've got them in the tavern, we've got some creepy fish that they can eat, uh, and maybe do we want to just describe the uh, innkeeper? Just, uh, just who are a couple of people the PCs will find in here? Just real brief sketches. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think you need to in a place like this have have someone like just like the a giant fat guy sort of in the corner who's just like eating as many fish as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Like just just what what if it's a really, no, what if it's a really, really thin guy? Oh, like what if like he, he just like, he's cut, he's just like has a pile of bones of like all these fish that he's eaten, but it just doesn't seem to actually like fill him up or something like that. Like have it go the other way around. And like again, it like invest these fish with this kind of like he's compelled to do it, even though he's drawing very little sustenance from it. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, so there's like an addictive quality to it. Yeah. You can even make, uh, if we keep going with like the dark vision thing, you could make his eyes like totally white or something like as well. Like he's just. Yeah. And maybe yeah, the, the hypersensitive. The innkeeper wears like weird, like uh, tinted spectacles or something like that. Mm, yeah. yeah. Okay. So is this a, uh, is this, is everybody in this tavern just glaring at the PCs or are they creepily welcoming? I think they're, I think they're, they're suspicious travelers. It's like, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't necessarily strike up a conversation with everybody, especially if you were tired and on the road. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. And so we probably don't need to stand it out, but there should definitely be a couple of, there should maybe be a, another couple of like hireable adventurer types mm. or, or in yeah. the area too. So the, yeah. the DM, the GM could just seed the, uh, the oh. tavern with a little bit of uh, backup if the PCs need it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, like who would they be people that hang out there or they'd be also other travelers? I think at least one or two should be other travelers that are, you know, just on their own errands mm-hmm. and also stuck here for the night or the week or whatever it is. Um, yeah. They're, like, they're halfling mercenaries. Yeah. <laughs> so you think like they're, they're like, they're like halfling, they're like halfling soldiers uh, on their way to, to go, to go back home after like some kind of weird soldier of fortune outing. So, but you, you, uh, you would, you would be led to like immediately underestimate them and not to expect too much help, yeah. but you might be in a situation where you have to realize it's like, Oh, thank God the halfling mercenaries are here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So what I like about the thin man, so it could, so it sounds like we have the thin man and we have the, like the, the innkeeper. Um, and then yeah, some halfling mercenaries, like who else would be. You know, there's like the fish. That's probably enough, honestly, right? Between that and then all the other characters. Yeah, we don't want it to be too populous if it's out right. here in the middle of nowhere. What uh, if right? what if there's there there is conspicuously luggage set up by like one of the seats or like one of the one of the beds or rooms or something like that um, for somebody who is not present? Hmm. Would that just, just be like, a hook for the GM or? Yeah, it it's just like something maybe like, yeah, maybe you went out to the to the outhouse. Oh, that would be like maybe the outhouse is another pit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the latrine also broke down. It's just like, yeah, he went out. He went out to, to go take a take a dump and he hasn't yeah. come back. He must he must have really ate something that disagreed yeah. with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. With that, though, that luggage should be full of, like, swimming gear, like, in deep-sea diving gear. Sure. And stuff, right? So it's someone who, like, maybe has heard heard about something. Right, because the whole idea, the setup here, right, is we dearly want them to go swim into that cistern because there's going to be something else on the other side. Or like, yeah, potions, potions. Maybe it's like a, a, a traveling alchemist peddling his wares and he happens to have, like, a lot of potions of like water breathing and yeah. and low level low light vision and like just useful things if you if you choose to pillage this poor yeah <laughs> this poor uh, uh, pooper yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah like equipment for you know underground exploration I think would be pretty fun mm-hmm. um, yeah um, and there are, yeah they're maybe unlikely to root through his stuff but some some someone will so 
Okay. Yeah, maybe he could be like a Draugr, like a whatever they are, like one of those dark elves or, or mm. dark dark dwarfs from the Underdark or something like that. Mm. A Dwagar, yeah. something like that. Like somebody who's who, if you ever met him, he's going to be kind of curmudgeonly and not super helpful and 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 really angry if you actually took his stuff. But like some reason for why he would have under underground stuff with him. Yeah. What if he? Okay, so I like this. So you find his luggage, and then maybe you find him later on in the dungeon. Yeah, yeah so but I have to let's... figure out why he's down there without a luggage. But yeah, I, I think it would be cool to uh, to yeah. hint at a PC at an NPC you can meet up with later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we should write some of this down then. Uh, so for listeners, we have a shared document that we're using for this, and this is mostly so later on we can we can look at it, and we'll we'll probably end up sharing this somewhere. For those that want to, I guess, read ahead before we play it. Yeah, <laughs> I can. Uh, I can write yeah. some of this down while you guys maybe continue the discussion. I'll be listening. Yeah. Uh, um, am I am I dom- am I dominating the, the 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 design talk too much? I I I can cool it a little bit. Um, no, no, I don't think so. Fine, I no. would I would tell you if you were. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't worry. okay good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, this is good. It's it's collaborative. I am. I wrote down. So I'm a little sad that if we're getting away from the city, because I wrote down the the name of under the under city, which I, I just feel like has <laughs> has like a really good feel to it for the dungeon name. Yeah, <laughs> we can but, we can move it to a city. <laughs> it doesn't. I just needed to get that out there because it's, okay. it's just been staring me in the face. Well, let's let I, that let's let that simmer for a bit and see. Can we can we change it? Can we can we do beneath the undercity? <laughs> beneath the undercity. <laughs> for be, beneath the sub basement. Under the beneath the city. <laughs> yeah. Ab- above the sub level yeah. of the undercity. Yeah. 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 Just above the core of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> Approximately. Chris or I will uh, write some of the stuff up, but I would like to get into like. Uh, how the PCs actually get into the dungeon. And I don't know okay. if we need to, like, chart out a plot exactly that gets them down there. I think if we come up with, like, a few hooks, mm-hmm. that would be adequate. And the, each yeah. GM can just see what will lure their PCs down there. But <laughs> you guys have been talking about, like, that the entrance is, like, by swimming through a cistern. That seems yeah. a bit much to me in that I think it would be hard to get a party of D&D adventurers to, like, submerge, like, dive into water. Like I'm wondering, <laughs> yeah. you know, to like dive into water at the promise of something under, like, yeah. would it work better that like down in the basement, there's like a subterranean stream cutting through the basement or <clears throat> something like that? Just, or tell me more about the, like the, um, cistern so the, idea. The cistern in Istanbul had like 20 feet of water in the bottom of it, but it was like a hundred feet tall. So it's like this, it could, and that could be like a giant, like hub gallery area. Yeah. So you could have branching, you could have paths branching out from there. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe that's under the basement. And then the outhouse is over like a secret, like one way door or something that you can see from, you can see it from the cistern room, but it's only openable if you go, if you, if you go down like the narrow chute. That has opened up underneath Which the outhouse. No one's, no one's going to do that. <laughs> but, but it's a yeah, nice but, Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing it like the idea. I like the idea of like multiple entrances to it, and like a reason to, a reason to get through there. Um, uh-huh. uh, like a reason to, to a reason to flush yourself down the, yeah. down, down the latrine. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Um, it's the okay. So yeah. So I guess the way that I was thinking, I was conceptualizing this is like you you walk down kind of a rickety step of stairs into the the basement, and the basement is just sort of like just sort of an open open water when you get down down those steps for whatever reason. And I was envisioning like so. There's obviously sw- like you know fish swimming around in there. And so, but then the players, like if they do any amount of investigating, they notice that there's sort of like a hole in the wall or something like that. Or there's a, like a, you know, something that they could fit through if they wanted to. But Andy, you bring up a really good point. Every D&D party ever is going to be like, I'm not going in that water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think like, yeah. So Kyle, what you're saying makes more sense. And actually it's probably more thematic as you come down and there's the cistern is just this like maybe yeah, 20 foot in diameter hole. And if you look down there, you can see that, you know, 50 or 75 feet down is like water with fish floating in there. And if you actually go down there or look, you can see that there's paths sort of going off mm. in different yeah, directions. Maybe, maybe there's like just above the water. Line. There's some like there's some faint like bioluminescent algae or something that illuminates yeah. the water down there. Yeah. I think like the the thing that the the only trick that the dungeon, the setup really needs to do is to make the players super curious about how to like what's down there. Yeah. And then once they're, once they look down there, you can make it very obvious. It's like, Oh, well on the side of the sister, there's a hole or like, you know, this, that or the other. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. So, Hey, um, now that we're kind of starting to describe the first room in the dungeon is now a good time to talk about what kind of like random or wandering encounters, uh, the PCs can bump into down here. And maybe we don't have to list them all out now, but I want to put that like Durgar, or how do you pronounce that? That Durgar Explorer or something as, as an NPC that if you're rolling for random encounters could bump, mm. you could bump into. Does Ooh. that sound reasonable? Yeah. yeah I like, I love that idea that instead of, instead of the Durgar kind of being a prisoner or something, it is, he, he or she is also trying to like, Oh yeah, maybe it's like this surly, like, like uh, uh, Calamity Jane type of character, yeah. uh, just like this this tiny buff bearded lady who's just like, yeah. I need to go get back get, get back to all my cool potions. To sell. Yeah, so I love maybe, that being on the random the random tables. That's yeah, cool. maybe they've gone down there and whatever they use to get down there, they don't have the thing that helps them get back out. Mm. Right, so like they they drank a potion of you know slow falling or drink a potion that lets them breathe underwater. Um, which allowed them to get to some place, but then they didn't bring one back to get to get back. Or they lost it in some kind of altercation with a yeah. subterranean beast. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I've put the Durgar, and again, I don't. I've never yeah. pronounced that word correctly. So apologies. someone uh, like someone who's listening to this is just screaming into their. Yeah. <laughs> their don't eyes. don't rage tweet. If you have to rage tweet someone, tweet it, Chris. Oh, yeah. It's doo doo man. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Please tweet at uh, me. I so don't check Twitter. So. <laughs> what what type of creatures might we call like the the default like the default monster or like the the mm. default enemy? Is it some sort of like a a fish person? Is it like a canonical D and D creature like the like? Mm. I, and again, sorry for pronunciation. I've only been playing for like you know thirty five years. I should know <laughs> this, but like the uh, Kuo Toa, whatever oh, yeah. those fish dudes are. Um, yeah. Does it does do either of you guys have a cool like slightly aquatic themed creature that doesn't get enough love in D and D in general? <laughs> well, the, the the slods are pretty cool, but the lore is pretty deep on them too. 
So the, slods, those are like uh, we- creepy, like amphib- uh, like salamander guys. Is that? Yeah, and they're from the chaos dimension, and they're kind of like they're almost like the the xenomorphs from the Aliens franchise. Mm-hmm. So like huh. they can, they, if they bite you, you can turn into one of them. That that, that might be a lot for a first level encounter. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. I think we want to stick more with like the creepy fish looking humanoid. Thing. All right. So uh, um. Like when we were talking creepy fish humanoids, I keep thinking of like deep ones from like the Lovecraft mythology. Yeah, I, I you know, guess. like those things that live in Innsmouth or whatever. So, yeah. should I? I'm sure there's a D and D thing. That, it might just be the Kuotoa. Those might yeah, be the D and D. I think like that's the, probably them. I'm looking at images of both of them. So the deep ones are a little bit more styled, like uh, the fish man from that movie that won all the awards. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, yeah, with the, the Guillermo the, del Toro one. Yeah, remember? which okay, I cannot yeah. remember. The Shape of Water, and then the Kuatoas look a little bit more like the ones from Castlevania that jump out of the water. Okay, yes. <laughs> the um, Do uh, just to to kind of maybe give us a, a bit of a framework. So I think it would be right. So they want it like the players want to go down there. Um, it might be nice if there's some sort of like again going back to that Pathfinder. Um, you know, f- first intro adventure, like have some sort of enemy that's like the boss of the dungeon, mm. if you will, or like yeah. So that might help us sort of come up with our ideas for what the um, the individual mm. are going to be. So yeah, what's the end game of this of this of this new doom that has has awakened mm. to to the world? It can stand alone. You go down there and you kill the lizard man, necromancer, or whatever. And then that's it. Or, you know, the GM could spin that out into a bigger campaign if they want to, the lizard man be working for something more sinister, you know, um, (laughs) which it certainly is being a lizard man necromancer. But uh, yeah, yeah. I like the, the, like the lizard man, wizard, lizard man, necromancer angle. I think that's like, I mean, again, it's like kind of a classic, you know, trope, but I think it'd be pretty fun to get to sort of the final room and there's a throne and a lizard man necromancer. (laughs) you know, ready to face off. All right. So let's hear some other ideas though. I don't want to just go with our first idea because, <laughs> because I blurted out the words lizard man and necromancer. Uh, what if it's like something just gigantic? Like you get to the final room and it's an underground ocean and there's a whale in there. That's a necromancer. <laughs> oh, I love that idea. Yeah. yeah. Or, um, or yeah. It, oh yeah. It could be, yeah, it's like a whale covered in like psychic lampreys or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it's like it's yeah. This 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 whale has been like has been keeping has been singing a lullaby that has kept this like all these people asleep or something for a long time. But now it's like it's finally being overwhelmed, which is kind of like what why they're clawing their way up through this this. In's basement. <laughs> the only so, like, is we can't we can't uh, have it be something that a party of level ones couldn't like deal with in some capacity. Yeah. Okay. So if it's like a whale or something, like we, I I personally will never read the underwater movement rules. I yeah. I put my foot down, <laughs> and I can't in good conscience like ask anyone else to do that. So it, yeah. <laughs> so it has oh, to be something. See, it has to be something that that if it's a whale or something, there needs to be some way that, you know that the PCs um, okay. can interact with it. If it's non-standard, if it's, yeah. What if it's like um like a like a luck dragon, like Falcor, 
from the like a big furry happy muppet dragon that's kind of being that that's being like um skewered by by the by the the, the fish people or something like that <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> You're just like it's Falcor, man. <laughs> Come on. That listen, what happened to that horse in that quicksand oh is goodness. way worse than what I described. That, you are not lying there. Yeah, you're not, yeah, it's, it's true. I think I think like damseling some kind of like uh, amazing friendly Muppet beast is like definitely the way to I mean, that could be another thing that that draws them in. Like maybe, you know, you could have any kind of magical druid class characters or elves that are attuned to like the songs of of mystical beasts could Mm -hmm. recognize like, oh, something is in great pain that that ought to be down there. Like, okay, so I like that. So the, the other option is to (laughs) is to appeal to their sense of greed. And there's a big big pile of treasure <laughs> yeah sure at the end but uh so i'm not sold on falcor as being the the damsel in this situation because <laughs> that just hurts <laughs> but something like that is that's a really that's an interesting idea i think what what i'm what i'm personally looking for and i could be wrong right just overrule me is like some sort of like clear and present danger or clear and present treasure for them to get. And it's nice if that has, if it's sort of a, a character that the GM can play. Mm. Right. Like, so the psychic lampreys, for example, like that's a little harder to do, but like a giant whale lich is different than that. And again, not a whale, but like maybe it's a giant lizard or just a normal, like a slightly bigger fish. <laughs> it can't, also- and I think we should, we should be careful. It can't be anything that's got like too complicated of a backstory. Mm-hmm. If we're yeah. really talking about like six rooms yeah. and two or three yeah. hours of play, right? Yeah. Okay. So they're going to go could, down. We there. could just give the we could just give the 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 fish people jewelry. Like yeah. the more of them that you kill, the richer you get. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. also Falcor can be, uh, <laughs> you know, pinned to a wall <laughs> like a Christ figure. <laughs> But if you let him down, then you get to ride him. There you go. <laughs> just like, just to get like my mind wrapped around the dungeon itself. And sorry, sorry, Andy. I know we're like you just wanted some encounters. <laughs> yeah. I was, Here I we just go. To, I just wanted to I know how many skeletons they have to fight. And now we're talking about like, yeah, <laughs> about Falcor. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but okay. So they're gonna go down there because of because of the fish fish situation up above. Right, so like that gets them in there, but what keeps them exploring down there, other than just their natural sense of curiosity? To me, like if there's some sort of rumor of treasure they have, or like maybe the fish have stopped coming out, mm. or something like that. Like when they, you know, they go down there, and like there's no more fish. I, I just... think you could almost present a couple options to the okay. GM, and if we just stick with kind of the standbys, um, mm-hmm. like you say, the the supply of magic. Uh, Magic fish has has dried up. Uh, I'll pay you money to go down there and figure out what's going on. Or, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's always somebody was kidnapped. You know, something came up out of there and grabbed one of the a, a person, and they're down there and go get them out. Mm-hmm. There's the like fishmen keep coming out of my basement. I'll give you ten gold pieces for every fishman yeah. you know head that you bring back. As long as we 
you know, create an environment where a couple of different things could be plausibly motivating the PCs. I'm not too worried about, you know, giving them an, a complicated hook, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes sense. I guess what's the, like, what's the conclusion of, of the one shot then? They've, they've killed enough fishermen that they have enough money to buy the cool sword or like, <laughs> You know, yeah. Save Falcor, Chris. Yeah, yeah. They can save so, Falcor. <laughs> so they've they've saved the NPC. Could be okay. maybe. I mean, the NPC or the Falcor. Uh, <laughs> you know, they've. Um, you know, maybe we could identify a main mission like that just to mm-hmm. indicate. Okay, you you're done if you want to be done. Um, yeah. I think. Uh, I don't know. Cool. Those those are pretty generic examples that I of of plots that I just listed for you. No, I think they're pretty good. I mean, like, I think the hook of there is someone down there, you are heroes, go get them, is pretty good. And also, if you kill a bunch of fish people, I'll give you gold. It's kind of a nice side plot um, to that. And then maybe then once they're down there, then they can discover there's a secret room with <laughs> Falcor locked up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there's also, you know, another old standby is, you know... uh Last week, so and so came, went down in there and came back out with a ton of loot. And he says there's a lot more in there, but like he's, but you know, it's way too dangerous. He's he's done. So all of those things could be true. You know, yeah. um, the PCs could be down there trying to rescue someone and gathering, uh, you know, fishman heads and keeping their eyes out mm-hmm. for this treasure that they heard about. You know, I don't know. Yeah. No. I, I, no. I like that. Like so. I guess. Yeah, to me as the G, like GM, and this is totally just my style of GMing. Like, I want to have like what's the critical path for the the players, like, and have that decision of like. To me, it'll be satisfying if it concludes, you know, roughly in this way, or like they, you know, they go down this path, um, right? So like, I kind of wanted to find that if we can, like, I, and I'm open to not right if, it, if that's sort of the decision we want. Yeah, that's an do. interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting discussion. I think we can even have about this because mm-hmm. you know another approach to this kind of thing is like, look, it's just like a treasure-filled hole in the ground. <laughs> yeah, you know, true. explore, explore it if you want, and explore mm-hmm. as much of it. Explore until you're done exploring, or until the danger starts outweighing the benefits, and then you, mm-hmm. the players, tell me when you're done. Yeah. Um, but that said, I am. I think we should have like a, a a critical path for GMs that prefer that. Yeah, what do you guys think? What would motivate your current group of players to go down in there? My my group likes to save things. They like to save okay. people and help people that are in trouble. So okay, yeah, I think I think psychic pleas for help from uh, a skewered dragon is, is where <laughs> I would go with it. But also, I do think that yeah that. I, I think it really depends on how you introduce it too. It's if you just say like, "Oh," the, but the the problem with the the problem that we're running into with our tavern setup is not that you find yourself at a dungeon because you're trying to save so and so. It is like you're at this weird dungeon. You're, you you discover that there's a weird dungeon down here. Now go down in it. That's yeah. where the adventure is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there does need to be something beckoning. So I think yeah, some some kind of like. A uh, uh, pile of gold. Ooh, ooh, yeah, like a gold pile mimic or something. Like they get down there, they see like this giant pile of gold down there in the middle. Yeah, of this, this is like a like island or bridge or something in the middle of this thing, and they're like, ah, oh, now it's a monster. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. that's that's good. We should have that be one of the the random encounters as a room, <laughs> a treasure mimic. 
Um, okay, well, hey, in okay. the interest of uh, just keeping us from taking forever on this, yeah. we are about halfway through the time we kind of allotted ourselves to do this dungeon. Okay. So let's just make some executive calls on what the uh, on some of these questions, and let's start um, mm-hmm. let's start fleshing out some rooms. Okay. So uh, here's my executive decision. Someone can overrule me if want, if they want. There is so the tavern keeper has a like one of his worker who's with him is this Durgar explorer person. So that that person helps him out in the tavern and just and like maybe the fish stopped coming one day and so he went down there and mm. he hasn't been seen since. And it's been a couple days. The thin man is hungry, <laughs> like he's like insatiable. He will not leave. Like you know. Um, yeah, so, like, you, he is saying, if you go down there and you can find him, like, you know, I'll give you whatever, a hundred gold, 10,000 gold pieces, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> sure, you're right. Yeah, uh, so then they go down there, and then, so, then they have, they have to find, you know, find this, and then there's also kind of antagonistic, you know, like, fish people, whatever. I like it. There. Yeah, and I think then. Go, go yeah, down and, there, find my coworker. I'll pay you. Yeah, go down there, find my coworker, I'll pay you. And then once they're down there, then it's also like very clear it's not just fish people. Maybe there's, you know, some other stuff going on. Yeah, mm. that sounds really good. I think okay. I like it too. And then uh yeah, we can decide as we go through is, you know, is the dude just lying wounded in a room somewhere or mm-hmm. has he been, you know, captured by something creepy? Yeah. You know, we'll figure that out as we as we flush out the rooms. So okay. okay, so let's talk. We've already discussed a little bit this main room but let's call it you know the entry room the main cistern room okay uh let's just let's just describe it and uh how many how many exits are out of this room and what do they look like (laughs) and what's in this room besides just the 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 entry to the rest of the dungeon anything i think there's got to be there's got to be some kind of landing that's above water Okay. Uh, that's and and then maybe that that has that connects to two passageways so there's like three exits to this room. Two of them are dry, and then one of them you have to go through the water to go through. Is there a boat or like a raft or something like that down here for navigating around? Or no? Was there one, and the Durgar took it? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe there. Yeah, there. There is some kind of raft that's down there that the that the the, the Durgar was using, but it's been abandoned. Is the main way that people move around the dungeon going to be via like waterways, or are for the most part are they walking on solid ground? I think walking on solid ground. I think mm-hmm. it should feel risky to get into the water. Um, okay. So like that. That's why like only there's there's three exits, and only one of them is you have to you have to mess with the water. Okay. So it'll like give you something to circle back to after you check the other directions. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so is there any danger in this room? Or is its purpose to serve as just a creepy welcome to the dungeon? Yeah, I don't think there's any danger other than, like, maybe there's the chance of, you know, falling, like, slipping and falling into the water. Yeah, this is like like a physical challenge thing. This is like a, yeah, roll roll strength to slide down the rope that... that... Mm -hmm. Is there? I was gonna say, again, my my thought is like you, you again. You're going down the steps, and then you get down there, and then there's sort of a big big pit, right, that fills the basement, and that goes down 50 feet before there's water. Yeah, is that how you're envisioning it? That sounds what I, like okay. what I was thinking. Yes, Andy, does that jive with what you're thinking? I, I'll you're be thinking totally honest with you guys. I have only a very vague. <laughs> 
sense of what this room looks like. Uh, so I'm, but you guys seem to, uh, you guys seem to have a good mental map yeah. of this. So it's a, it's work. a, it's a tall, it's a tall cube, like cube room. Mm-hmm. And the, like the bottom, the bottom, you know, the, it, it's filled with deep water, but it has okay. like a bridge connecting across the middle. Okay. Um, that goes to two doors. So like, like there's a door, uh, east and west connected by a, a causeway and then there's a uh-huh. door to the south um in the middle of the room oh, that water. that okay uh, yeah, I, that's i've got it okay that helps yeah <laughs> this, is, so, go. this is great is, this is great because i'm thinking of something is, like totally yeah. different and I just want to, like, okay. <laughs> so what can the pcs it yeah can we have it so that with a little bit of hunting around they learn something about this environment like mm-hmm. just like a, a tantalizing bit of lore or a suggestion about about the place that they are. I mean, so they're down there. They don't know there was like a city here, you know, mm-hmm. 2000 oh. years ago or whatever. So what, uh, what can they learn by looking around in the environment? Like carved, carved, uh, uh, uh carved frescoes, frescoes or, not frescoes. <laughs> yeah. Carved, carved murals or mm-hmm. mosaics. Yeah. Mosaics of, uh, of fish people. Okay. Yeah. I think that would be good. All right, that's good. So maybe um, oh, maybe the fish f- people, but like with um, other figures like bowing to them or something. Yeah, humans like bringing them like baby sacrifices. Well, not that <laughs> babies. <laughs> so, uh, like teenagers. So, <laughs> so the fish. So this was a human city, all right? Uh, a human city, or was it a fishman city? I think if it was it's a, a fishman fish city. We have mm-hmm. like some. In, we can do some interesting things, maybe with like the architecture. Like how would a fishman? I think it's a, like a fishman temple. Okay. Yeah, okay, it's like it's it's not even. Like, we don't even have to say that there's a whole city here. It's just like there's there's a group of weird fishmen that have been like sleeping in some kind of like hibernation goo for a while. All right. So we have three exits from this room. Two uh, are kind of. Uh, land uh, exits, and one of them is the more intimidating one that requires getting into the water. Shall we? Are we ready to talk about one of the adjacent rooms? Yeah. Okay. So let's say they go. They take the left entrance. Well, it's one of the ones along the causeway. So one of the the solid ground ones. So do they immediately come into another room, or do they travel for a while through uh, some sort of a tunnel or a passageway? I think it'd be more interesting if they travel for some ways and there's some some amount of like twisting or a turn so they can't necessarily see directly down the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, so maybe it's a hundred feet or so. Okay. And they're like it and it ends at a T. <laughs> right. A Is T a, or, do you guys picture this as like a, a sort of symmetrical facility? Uh, or is going left going to be a really different experience than going right, like architecturally? Oh, um, I think the, so if we're thinking like fish people built this. Um, I'm thinking that like everything is a, is very curved. So all the hallways, um, like the, yeah, it's, it's almost like, yeah, kind of like a perfect circle. Right, because like they they can both kind of slither along, or they can walk along like that, and they also need sort of water to run through. Yeah, maybe um, they can like scoot around like penguins on their bellies yeah. or something mm, like that yeah, on the slick on the yeah. slick floors. Again, okay. in Castlevania, but like yeah, but I mean, I think like maybe it's like it's it's astonishingly a perfect circle. Yeah, like anyone okay. who investigates it would be like, "This is amazing! How did they do this?" 
Okay. Um, so when they reach the next major... So first of all, if there's an, any sort of encounter in the hallway, we should discuss about that in the passageway. Um, or if not, let's talk about what they find at the end of the passageway. So what does this passageway look like? It's it's smooth and curvy, mm-hmm. um, right? Um, creepily so. There's like, like what, like an inch of water on the ground? Or mm-hmm. is that what you guys are talking? So like a real... Yeah. So what's on the walls? Is it, you know... Is it more murals and and paintings or whatever like that? Are there are there weird statues in here? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, it should be a bunch of fish people, like uh, statues of fish people, like crossing spears over each uh, between each other. Oh, or, I like, like that. tridents. And so stuff the feces like are going like under, like underneath the uh, underneath the tridents, kind of. Yeah, they they have to walk between the tridents. Okay. Okay, so, so it's like perfect. Perfect sphere, and then there's statues sort of on either either side. Yeah. Try to. Um, what I would like, so like, if we're gonna go with, they can kind of slither around. It might be kind of interesting to have artwork both at eye level and then also at like slither level. Mm, yeah. Too like on the walls, like just as a, another kind of architectural detail. So like, yeah, if you if you kind of duck down like the same, maybe there's like yeah, uh, some carvings and stuff along the whole wall behind, like on either side, even of the, the statues going along the full length. But then there's, yeah, a second set lower down. And uh, Chris, are you going to write a set of rules for slithering movement? Uh, <laughs> like if the PCs themselves decide that they want to slither through the level. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be able to um, buy my book slithering and sliding. <laughs> I- <laughs> I would like there to be some kind of danger in this passageway, especially since it's a really long one. And with the uh, with those statues, like kind of create some interesting kind of terrain, I think. So it doesn't have to be like a big fight, but like mm-hmm. maybe just like a, a smallish, like a, some kind of a predator type of beast mm-hmm. in here that's just mm. like lives down here. Like um, feel free to disagree, but um, no, um I had another thought, but I'll save that for just a little bit later. I mean, yeah. I like uh, like something like this, like a gelatinous cube, something like that. Like it's yeah. There's be... like slimes are always you know slimes and <laughs> jellies and whatnot are always a good option. Maybe um, just the the blue slime from Dragon Warrior would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, what about you can what about it or kill it? It's up to you. <laughs> those um, those weird tongues from. Um... Half-Life 2 that, like, reach down and, like, pull you up into the ceiling. Oh, oh. yeah. Those are weird. Yeah. So, like, and that, that could be some kind of, like, slime or, like, ceiling leech or something like that. So, no, it's, I like, like that. it's, like, hiding up in these, in these like, trident vaulted ceilings. Mm-hmm. And it, but, but also, like, it's, it's dangerous because somebody could get grabbed and engulfed, but there's still time to, like, get get the person like cut the person free before they're yeah. dragged into like this like you know biting mouth at the top yeah of the and maybe maybe they're i really like that by the way let's just straight up rip that idea out of half-life um i like <laughs> and like let's again level one so these aren't like insta kill creatures and maybe right. they maybe they aren't evolved to like you know really go after human sized prey exactly but enough mm-hmm. to like chomp on someone's head if they can pull them up and then maybe once the PCs encounter like one of them, they get you know an advantage on spotting other ones. You know how like in Half Life you can if you you learn yeah. that the hanging tendrils mean don't go 
don't go touch the tendril. <laughs> yes, <laughs> don't go do that. <laughs> I mean, most of us knew that before we touched it, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, we'll figure out some kind of a creature, but like basically something that mimics the behavior of that Half-Life thing is some sort of a... It's like leached up on the ceiling and it um, extends some sort of uh, appendage down to okay. grab and pull you up if you can. Got that. Yes. Chris, you're, Chris, you're writing this down, so I'm speaking for your benefit here. Does that sound reasonable? I like that you think I'm writing it down. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I've been like half-heartedly typing, but mostly I've kind of uh, resigned myself <laughs> to just typing the stuff up as I listen to this after the fact. Yeah. Because, yeah, uh, no, otherwise, like you're going to hear keyboard taps as we... Okay, uh, um, okay so the people, the, the PCs have survived the weird uh, like tongue leeches or whatever we call them. And so what do they find at the end of this tunnel? First of all, is it an open uh, open entrance into the next chamber, or is it closed? Ooh. And what kind of... If it's closed, what kind of like door would a fish person facility have? What would a door look like? Doggy door. They slide yeah, through the, it. The, yeah, the, the, the slither door, and then... That's the an... You know, like... That's, that's an interesting idea. We do, we obviously don't want to make it impossible for the feces to get through, but like, <laughs> if if these things were designing a facility for them to move through, and maybe they had human servants, so they had to accommodate like the humans mm-hmm. that served them. But like, it would mostly be for their convenience, right? Yeah. yeah. So maybe the feces do have to like get down on their stomachs and slither through a barely big enough opening. I don't know. Yeah. I love I love that idea because it's it's a you you really have to stick your neck out to do that. There's no way to go through a doggy door with with uh, your tri you know with your halibird at the ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's when that that's when you would you would say like, oh, you have a familiar, send him through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, please, like that. Please do that's that. yeah. or a stealth roll for your for your gnome or something like that. Like you're going to look around for somebody besides the paladin or the barbarian to solve this door puzzle. Yeah. What do you, what like do you think, Chris? You look you look a little skeptical. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking through right, like just the logistics of it. So it's almost you have. Um, I'm thinking like a door that has like a door inset in it, and maybe that like the the full door is is locked, right? So like if you have a rogue, they might be able to pick a lock to get through. But the like the the slither door that's at the bottom, that one is unlocked. Yeah, I love it's it. very obvious. There's a second hinge on that, so it's like your path of least resistance is to just go under. Yeah. But if you have thieves' tools and you know you're prepared as a party, you could maybe open that up too. I Love like it. that a lot. Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. do that. Okay. So well, then when, uh, what do they find when they either slither through or they like pick their way through the door? Ooh, uh, that's, that's gotta be, that's gotta be like the bedroom. There's, there's mm-hmm. like a bunch of, a bunch of fish, fish people that are still hibernating. Okay. But like there's, uh, there's like some pods that have been like, or egg sacs or whatever Ooh. that have been popped. Yes. So like so and you can, maybe that like corresponds to the exact number that are still alive in the cave mm-hmm. or something. Okay, yeah. Um, Would they be? But in then egg, there's definitely one that's there's got to be at least one that's in there and like ready to <laughs> yeah. ready to jump out at you. Yeah. yeah. Um, would it be egg sacs or like <laughs> like clamshells? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I love that. Like yeah, just like these creepy. These creepy, like undulating uh, oysters or something yeah. like that. Yeah, like 
some some kind of like yeah blasphemous sea creature that has been that has been yeah. you know manipulated into keeping these keeping these uh, fish people alive. Uh, Chris, did you describe <laughs> what? What did I just accidentally do? <laughs> I I mean, this is going way back, but I could swear there is some sort of enemy in like GI Joe that does that is exactly that. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? No, I, I I I swear there is, and I actually remember with more confidence than I'm letting on right now because I don't want to reveal how much I remember exactly about G.I. Joe from back in the day. But I yeah, really uh, want to talk. I want to stop everything and talk <laughs> a lot about this. But yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about, yeah. but I really want to hear um, about well, it. Well, it will be an Easter egg for those Joes that's, who that's are right. playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, so, um, Joe! <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of these. There are like a dozen of these and like six yeah. of them are open. Yeah, something like that. Okay, and one of them is in here, or maybe one of them is emerging as the PCs like arrive. Is that that's? It's a little cheesy sometimes to do like scripted scenes like that, but um, maybe if the PCs mess around with it, one of them opens. Uh, maybe maybe there's one person that's in there that is like doing the ritual to like unclamp another one. So if you if you stop him in time, if you interrupt it in time, like you can keep there from there from being more people. Hmm. to deal with another thought what if if these are like clamshell type things i mean what if there's like pearls or treasure what if the pcs have some motivation to like mess around with these things a little bit oh. i like that like they were they went into their hibernating sleep with whatever valuables they wanted <laughs> wanted to or maybe a part of the process is the pearls created yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe just the, a byproduct of whatever the I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, the, like the I can't the, think the... of something that's not. I mean, it's starting to get gross sounding to me. But like, yeah. uh, <laughs> like uh, what I guess what I'm looking for is how can we encourage the PCs to do something stupid, which is like mess <laughs> around with like the hibernation chambers or the hibernation pods. Yeah, I like that idea. I, I think I think if the if there is like a black pearl or something like that, that the that the uh, uh, fish people are like hunched around in the fetal position while they're sleeping inside of these things. Oh, um, maybe the maybe biology the... of it is um, to get the clamshells to actually close around them. They have to start a pearl in there. Yeah. So like the pearl is growing as it's also keeping them hibernated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and it maybe, opens yeah. up, and how, however long they've been under is how big the the pearl gets. <laughs> yeah, and maybe maybe these maybe these uh, oysters are translucent, so you can kind of you see the pearls from the open chambers, but you can also like see through that. Like, oh man, if we open all these dudes, we could get we could make off with a lot of giant weird gunk pearls. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's that's maybe the most out there <laughs> complicated idea we have, but let's keep it for now. <laughs> okay, keep yeah, it. We'll, we'll find some way to make this work workable. Yeah, um, okay. I mean, should they have one in, encounter with like one roaming fish man who's in there, either trying to wake up other dudes or just like he's the maintenance guy and he's he's shuffling through. He's just having a smoke. Yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah. He's he's in there. I think we can move on. There's okay. one guy in there, and then yeah, let's. Okay. I've written down the Kuatoa priest, so... <laughs> okay, sure. Yep. There we yeah. go. Um, we'll leave that there. Okay, so that's like the bedroom, the bedroom area, the bedroom barracks. 
Is there anything off of this room, or is this sort of a dead end? Hmm. Does there be something off of this room? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be the uh, the the larder. Oh. So okay. you got the bedroom, and as soon as people wake up, they go over to the larder, which is just full of human skeletons. Okay. <laughs> like, that definitely could... haunted human skeletons. That could work, yeah. That form a hyperskeleton when you walk in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> Type so is, is in hyperskeleton. <laughs> okay, so... So do we want to have a room full of human skeletons? Or, yeah. like, I've lost track of when we're joking and when we're being serious. Yeah, well, I think the hyperskeleton was the joke. <laughs> okay. But yeah, taking a step back, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, the larder is probably full of, of bones and stuff. And then on, okay, on sure. further investigation, it's whatever kind of races the, the party is. Okay. Maybe. So is there a natural, like, scavenger in here? Or an undead? Or no? Or nothing? And maybe if these things don't have the same, like, you know, material values that humans do, there's, like, just treasure and ancient, really rusted old equipment or junk like that that they just discarded in here. Like, what else is in here besides the bones? Um, I like that. I mean, we could do, there could be a skeleton in here. Yeah. You could call it a hyperskeleton, but maybe, like, they, they they did kill one one necromancer who had a trick up its sleeve <laughs> up its sleeves or something like that. And like, so out of, out of all that, there's a skeleton that can emerge. Yeah. And what if it's a, uh, it's what if it's like, you know, some, an undead being that like animates a skeleton using the skeleton pieces nearby, but it's not like, Oh, so okay. it's like a, it's like a regular skeleton, but it looks like all wonky and the pieces it's not like a pristine human skeleton, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I like it. Let's not try to come up with a reason why. I just like that idea a lot. It just okay. so it's something that builds itself out of all the other little bones. Yeah, there. exactly. There you go. A hyperskeleton, <laughs> if you will. Okay, I'm gonna write down hyperskeleton just for <laughs> <right>. you. <laughs> yeah, we surrender. Hyperskeleton it is. All right. Yeah. Skeleton, um, comma hyper. It's in your monster. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, but, and this larder would not really have other entrances or exits. It's just a little one-off room on the side, right? Yeah. So, like, rusted, yeah, rusted equipment. I like that idea. So, they could pick up anything they wanted, but it'd be, like, a minus one of it. Um, Yeah, like, there's some old, just old junk, yeah, old junk mm -hmm. that's, like, poor-quality equipment. And then maybe if they spend a lot of time hunting through, there's, like, one or two nice, like, you know, things, magic things or something that would have uh, survived uh, without rusting and decaying. Yeah, Let's spell say... components. Maybe there's like spell components yeah. in there, or like, uh, uh, um, yeah. What isn't there some kind of like weird potions that let you eat anything? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it I'll could just be like uh... a condiment, like a condiment yeah. that you put on something that allows you to devour, <laughs> like whatever <laughs> you put in your mouth. Well, that that actually <laughs> do you that not like that idea? Think, what is for some reason? What I is don't... like? What is a magic item that would have no, like, you know, it's not a plus one weapon or whatever. What is a magic item that, like, someone might have been wearing for, like, their mundane use mm-hmm. when they were killed? So it's not a weapon or armor. Like, what's just, you know, what's the thing? Two ideas. So maybe one is something that will, like, disguise you as a Kuatoa. 
Um, oh, yeah, that like so someone was trying to get in, you know, in like that and got found out. Or the other one could be, you know, like a potion or something that allows you to breathe underwater. So like a, a magic snorkel. Okay. Either of those ideas stick out to you? What about uh like a like a circlet or earrings that record your memories or something like that? I do uh, like, like the you idea could... of something a little weird that's like not connected. Like uh-huh. that would have been worn by someone on the surface who was then like kidnapped or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so they weren't it's not gonna help the PCs in a direct way in this adventure. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a cool thing, cool thing to get. I don't know. I still like the condiment that lets you eat anything, but uh, <laughs> I was just thinking it would be cool if there was like if there was like some kind of weird glimpse you could get of like the last moments of this person's life mm-hmm. before they ended up in this room to like you could you could get some vision of the society and its full like grotesque people eating glory. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, picking up like a cassette tape. <laughs> Yeah, it's well, yeah. one of those one of those audio logs. Yeah, an audio log. <laughs> you know, that could be an element of like the uh, the spirit or the ghost that is in this room, right? There I we mean, go. do you you guys um you know in the movie Prometheus how like they cheesily provide like exposition by having like holograms yeah. uh show like the last minutes of uh, the creatures that were in the room. You guys yeah. have you seen that movie? Yes, yes. Okay. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Maybe not quite that on the nose, but like maybe while they're in there, you know, you hear echoes or voices, you know, uh, associated with the, you know, the final days of these, the people that were in here. I don't know. Well, no, I like, I like that, like some kind of, some kind of magical amulet that projects illusions, like illusions based on memories or something like that. Cause like, you know, PCs could use that for trickery stuff, but like the last recorded image of it is like the, the last few moments oh. uh, of, of, so like it's something that you could, once you identify it, you could use for other illusion magic, but it is, it is something that has like a pre-recorded uh, uh, voicemail on it. It's making me think like, what if it's a, what if it's an amulet that sort of just shows you like, like a keepsake sort of amulet. So it shows you like a picture or yeah, some sort of memory. Memory yeah. like that. So it's not something you can necessarily, unless you're more powerful than any of these characters would be, it's not something you could kind of like redo a bunch of times. Sort of like a fantasy, you know, live photo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe they pick it up and it's like you get a vision of, you know, like someone has recorded a vision of their family or something like that. And it's like, you know. Yeah. Maybe. And then they could maybe decide to, to sell it, to hawk it for money or find mm-hmm. that family and say, like, hey, we found your family yeah. heirloom. Okay. Your great great grandfather was eaten by fish. Yeah, <laughs> mystery solved. That'll be yeah. forty bucks. I, I like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So hey, um, so thinking back, so we've been following like the left hand or the right one of the two um side entrances. Like, is the thinking about this and the PCs at this point have reached the end of this branch of the facility? Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So. Is the if they go and do the mirror side of this, are they going to get something similar? And the main like heart of the facility is through that passageway that required going in the water. Is that like I'm just thinking about the the facility as a whole here? 
Uh, I think the other, so the waterway definitely leads to a Scrooge McDuck vault full of treasure. Okay. That is cursed in some way. <laughs> hmm. uh, so is, is that like the heart of the facility where like the, the fish people, like, you know, the main part of the facility then? Yeah, I think like, so. Like, I think that's, oh, yeah, okay. that's what they were up to is like just acquiring material wealth for, for whatever. And maybe they're shoveling it into some kind of like furnace for their God or something. I don't know. What if it's uh, why okay. they would need that much money? Go ahead. What if the, so the right path sort of loops up and sort of above whatever that underwater path is. Oh. And so that's full of treasure. And it turns out like that they've just been like, there's, in the thing that's above it, there's going to be some sort of shrine, and they're just like feeding gold and whatever into it, and then it just fills up that chamber. Oh, interesting. Below. I kind of like that, and I do like, um, we'll have to, I do like not forgetting that we should have three dimensions to this dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's return and go down that other path. So we could do it symmetrical. Another thought that I had with, with the kind of, you know, circular slither tunnels is um like almost doing a slide right like i think it'd just be a fun a fun sort of encounter you know acrobatic encounter to have it be a slide that actually kind of twists and turns and stuff almost like a mario 64 style Mm. (laughs) slide i'm thinking so so they could they could very gently make their way but they're most likely going to fall and have to like kind of do a a couple of challenges to avoid interesting so uh so this one it goes down then yeah, so the the 3D space in my head is getting a little complicated, but that would be <laughs> that's that's a thought that I had. That okay, kind of fun. I like I like that idea. Like, yeah, dex roll or you go down the water slide. You're, you're, yeah, you're you're down. You're going down Crocodile Mile if you yeah. roll too low on this dex. Save. I I like it too. And someone will go down there, and then it has to be big enough that then they go out of sight, and the rest of the party has to figure out how they're yeah. going to follow. Yes, absolutely. And then, okay. yeah, maybe it, empt- it empties out into like the 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 blacksmith's shop or, or or you know the blacksmith area where they're they are building their weapons of war for their <laughs> assault upon the surface world. Something else. So here's something else we could consider too. If this was like kind of near a city in ancient times or whatever, we could also have you know the PCs bust into another basement or something like that. Maybe one that has mostly collapsed and is not real accessible anymore from the surface, but just to, to remind them, oh yeah, this was like this was like a city under you know, I don't know. Ooh, yeah, no, I like that. So let's just set that aside in the idea box for now and let's talk about uh, what happens when we go the other, other side passage. Mm-hmm. So do we want this to be a big slide? Are we okay with it not being symmetrical with the other side? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then let's have it. That. It'll be a slide. It's like a gentle slope maybe, but like, we you know, once you start sliding, it's, it's, it's really hard to stop. Is that the idea? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then it takes you down for, is it pretty long? Uh, I mean, spiral around? Yeah, to be fun. Yeah. Maybe it spirals and right. Like, and just, couple hundred feet long so like enough to get get a thrill out of it <laughs> and, and then does it does it like you know do you go sailing out 10 feet above a water cistern a pool of water or yeah oh or yeah what? okay yeah. oh totally yeah i think it, it lands it lands directly into water I think. okay so then what's the uh what's first of all 
I don't imagine we can really have any other sort of encounters in the slide, uh, right? Because uh, right. they're slide. We don't want to disrupt that fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what's this room like that they get dropped into? Um, so we should let's see here. This is going to be some sort of antechamber, I think, to sort of the uh, probably the main area. Okay, would be my guess at this point. The like the blacksmith room or yeah, some sort of like staging area for either, you know, the salt on the earth (laughs) on the yeah, the earth or or for like whatever kind of um, things they need to do in the shrine. Yeah, whatever kind of um... what if it's like a it's like a it's like a reverse baptismal. So there's a bunch of like crusty old like mummified skeletons that are above water and like that was their that was that was their whole thing is like they were they were like ascetic monks that were like staying out of the water but there's this big ceremonial pool to like tempt them into like saving (laughs) themselves at at any point huh i like it because the pcs wouldn't be able to like figure that out so they Mm -hmm. would just have to wonder why there's a bunch of like Mm-hmm. A, a bunch of mummified bodies like I, yeah I, I like that kind of idea oh yeah because it could be like so the you know the real answer is that but maybe it, it also sort of looks like it's um prisoners who are yeah. tied up and being held be, back yeah. yep yeah but if they yeah. maybe if they investigate it's like every all of them are actually holding the keys to the chains that, that like they, they yeah. bound themselves with so they, they like have a like a, a latch key on their necks that they could have used to mm-hmm. un- undo yeah. their their irons. And I think let's remember it's okay for the PCs not to like figure out what's going yeah. on. It's okay for there to be like what the heck was up with that moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay. And I like could that. just and there could just be some, some good dressing for this room. Uh, okay. There there could be just some servitor fish people in here because we haven't we've only had one room that definitely has a fish person in it mm-hmm. yeah. so like maybe this is the room where like two two or three of them are like yeah paying their respects or praying or something like that uh mill- milling around or doing something like you know prepare stealing themselves spiritually for their dark <laughs> deeds to come okay so what I'm hearing is 1d4 fishmen. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what are their names? <laughs> oh, boy. You know, uh, D&D lore does have the best names for some of these uh, underwater, like, yeah. uh, races and deities. Like, there is a deity in D&D, and Kyle, you'll have to help me out here. It's like Blip Dual Pool. Yeah. It's one of, like, it, there's... they. They obviously got really silly with some of the aquatic deities in their uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I they are. I'll come up with their names later, but not right okay. now. Um, so yeah, just uh, like one fish person here for every PC in the party. Yeah. Okay. I'm just and what are one. they? What are they wearing and wielding? Like we've had them. We've had statues of them with tridents before, mm-hmm. and maybe the one in the other room was like a cleric who would have some sort of maybe you know priestly vestments but what do these guys have these are just schmoes yeah these are what they're kind of like tending to stuff in here are they i mean they could just yeah have... yeah yeah they're 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 yeah they're doing some kind of um religious sacrament or something like that what's a what's a cool like weapon or something that they can be wielding that's not like 
what you would expect. Like, so maybe one can have a trident. Like, what's just something interesting that would be like tactically interesting? Like, I'm thinking something like a net or something, mm, not a okay. net, but something where it's they're not just going to like run and swing at you with it, but they're going to try to like I don't know something that's tactically interesting. Hooks, <laughs> hooks. Yeah, like so. What so would they like? Like th- things that like hook around your neck or like what like yeah what? like just like giant like almost like scythes but they're meat hooks like yeah like or like you know like the little hand scythe or something like that but you would you would use it to like stab stab <laughs> someone and bring them closer yeah and then maybe I've always thought like some kind of weird uh, priestly weapon would be like a censer. Like those, those oh, like yeah. iron, iron dishes and like maybe, yeah, they, this is the room, this is the room where they're allowed to burn stuff. And so maybe that has some kind of like, not only does it hurt to get smacked in the face with it, but it has some kind of like hallucinogenic quality to it as well. Mm-hmm. So okay. like, you know, even just something like fear or, or something yeah. like that would just like, if you get smacked in the face, you get real messed up. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, just Another something, fight. just something to make right. the fight a little more interesting. Yeah, uh, and then what kind of terrain are we fighting in? Is it like so? Half of the room is water, right? Yeah, half and the room there's, is water. There's, there's at like least a, one one dry patch where all the the shackled right. Kuatoa are, and then I mean, probably the rest of it is just you know similar. Yeah, I, I, I want to avoid the PCs having to like do much fighting like in water just because that's yeah. like a pain. Um, it could be like a step. Well, it's, it's like something that they can stake. There's staircases leading out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a good, that's good. So, but there's like this, this big basin in the middle, but they can climb up the staircases if they, if they're fast enough. And then they, um, and then like around the outside of it, uh, is where these these kind of like mummies are raised up on pedestals mm, and like, like there are that. shrines yep. there are shrines underneath these pedestals where the where the fish people are. Okay. Mm, okay. Yeah. What's the is the height of this room like? Is it is it super tall? Like, I'm picturing yeah, it being pretty tall. Like, yeah. does it match sort of the height of the slide? And can the PCs get back up to the slide easily, or not? Like. No, I think, I think maybe this leads, this leads around back to, this leads around to the, to the, the chamber after the underwater chamber from the, the main, Mm. okay, the chamber. So like they can get back to the hub through a staircase, but they can't go directly back the way that they came. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like the not being able to get back the way they came Yeah. uh, and having to press forward. Okay. So this. Okay. This, that, okay. All right. So this is a pretty big room. This is pretty large. Yeah. Um, and then, how? What are the exit ways out of this room? I think I think there's the slide, and then there's one other exit that goes okay. that kind so of they, goes back to the room after the hub. Okay. So that. And this is is this this is going to go to like the the shrine room, right? This. In my head, right, so there's there's kind of like, there's going to be some passageway up to the shrine room. So that's sort of above then the, like, treasure chamber that's off the main cistern. Yeah, this but, could go up. There, yeah, there could be two exits. There could be the slide. There could be the stairs 
there's the stairs back to the hub room and then there could be like yeah the stairs leading up to the shrine room that's above the cistern yeah. If, unless I've completely mapped this incorrectly. No, right? no, that's fine. I think this is where we're trying to figure it out. And this is one disadvantage of just talking it through <laughs> is, yeah. So I think in my head, like, so you go down the slide, you hit this, this kind of like, I'm calling it the antechamber, but whatever it ends up being. And then from there, there's sort of like a grand staircase of some sort that goes, you know, goes up, you know, yeah. goes back up and that goes into like the shrine room, which we'll describe that. It's going to be amazing. And then there's, you know, some sort of <laughs> statue in the middle of it where people are like throwing gold and silver and whatever into that falls down a pit into like the, a treasure room. And then that yeah. treasure room connects up with the cistern. Yes. That's, that's, that's it right okay. there. I think. Yep. Bingo, bango. Okay. okay. So let's do the stairway up to the shrine room. Yeah. Right. Taking yeah. a stairway. Um, so here's an idea. Towards the top of the stairs, can there be like a brick out of the wall or something like that that looks into an abandoned cellar or basement? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then then some and that a basement that basement like collapsed, so there's still it's like partially collapsed or sealed off. So mm-hmm. there's treasure in there still that that someone was storing, right? Yes. Yeah. Of okay. course. What Thanks. else? This is my do? I'm I'm uh, <laughs> this is my little part I'm insisting on. Uh, okay. So no, there's like just that. a little, and and op, totally optional. They they would have to dig out, uh, dig out the wall a bit to get mm-hmm. in. But um, if they do, there's some treasure in there, and then maybe I don't know, maybe a monster. I don't know what would be in there, but uh, architecturally too, that could look just like wildly different. So it can yeah. feel like this is really this nice contrast too. Yeah, like it should be totally some, different. Yep. Yeah. So all the all the walls are square rather than rounded. That's yeah. Sort of stuff. And okay. and it's just like a, a small basement, not a big side chamber, just like a, mm-hmm. a basement sized room. Okay. I think that collapsed. I think that that's a great situation for like, yeah, it'll take you ten minutes to remove the loose bricks, but I get to make a roll on the random encounters table that's, at that time. That's exactly yeah. perfect right there. Yeah. So the the price of like getting in there is you is you're gonna get a roll on the random encounter table, which we need to flesh out a little bit more by the way, but um okay. but yes. And then we'll put, is, we'll we'll come up with some some treasure to make it worth their while to explore that basement area. And if right. they need to rest or something like that, that could be like yeah. a quasi a defensible yeah. spot. I like okay. it. Okay. So, but then they continue, and yeah, we'll just later we'll write up some treasure for in there, right? Uh, yeah. I'm looking at the time. I don't want us to take too much longer on this guy. Yeah. Well, I think we're we've almost got it. Yep. Here. So, so it seems like so. Real quick, so the the staircase going up, right? Like, if you are a fish person, I think that like this should feel. So, like, you're a fish person, like you're used to sliding and kind of slithering mm. and, and stuff like yep. that. So, like, walking upstairs, I think, is like a an ultimate sacrifice yeah, sort of thing. Dangerous. Yep. Yeah, an ultimate like show of your devotion. Yeah, going up these stairs. Ooh, yeah, maybe like the banisters have like uh, spikes on them or something like that. It's like if you reach out for the handrails, like you get cut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they're there, or probably just like you could just do like a bunch of like tiny tridents. Yeah, along the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that detail. Actually, that's cool. Okay. So when they reach the top, um, it opens up into like the central shrine. Is that what we're? Mm-hmm. talking about yeah. yeah and then what's being worshipped what's worshipped here what what is the the fish person god um mm-hmm. oh it's got to be like an angler god or something like that 
So like, so like the like the, a the, dad the and waiters. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the the pit, the pit that they're throwing, they're throwing their treasure in is like the mouth of this like big like toothy anglerfish, and then lighting this room is like this magical orb that's like Ooh. that's like over like there's this angler antenna hanging over it that's like giving you this like you know uh sickly green glow from the top of the staircase okay so <laughs> so the rogue is going to steal that orb <laughs> yeah yeah um no i like that okay so there's yeah that's interesting and then maybe that's gotta in be that... booby trapped that's gotta be booby oh, trapped yeah. <laughs> i'm just gonna write totally booby trapped totally booby trapped Okay. Leave this up to the GM <laughs> to decide their their fate. Um, so, what else is in this room that the PCs can interact with? And there's got to be a fight here of some kind, right? No, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I think there is. There's some sort of like, yeah, the Kuato priest who's um, who's driving this whole thing, or is it a Kuato, or is it you know some other? other I mean, it, sort of thing it could be yeah it could be like i don't know you know a dark elf who's figured out mm-hmm. how to control these things or um mm-hmm. if it is like a priest i mean it would be cool to give him some sort of like a familiar uh companion you know like a mm-hmm. some sort of octopus creature you know something weird and yeah. cool um Ooh, like so floating, they're not just floating octopus <laughs> so they're not just fighting like a you know a another a priest version of the same fishman they've been battling. What if what if it's like the the money priest or something like that? Uh and he he can he can like summon like a gold coin golem or something like that. Hmm. Uh so like the co- all the the spare coins would like coalesce into this like bipedal creature that's just going to wallop you. <laughs> huh. And it would like rise up from the water below is that the yeah. idea from from the yeah. mouth of the anglerfish? Yeah, or okay. or even just from like the coins that are strewn about the room. Either you know, mm-hmm. like maybe there's like there's a lot of like any wishing well kind of thing. Like there's a lot of like stray change around <laughs> the mouth of this thing still. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, because you know their their hands are so slippery, they can't get everything exactly where it's supposed to go. Yeah. Um. I wonder, okay, so not, I don't think a golem, I think like going with Andy's idea, the familiar being some sort of other, yeah, yeah, like it's like a, yeah, an octopus or yeah, something like that. I think that's a really fun idea. So maybe it's like coins and like any other sort of random bones and stuff around. Yeah, maybe or... like a sea cucumber or something like that. Okay. Those yeah, things... what are some, like, so what are some like aquatic creatures that the PCs might enjoy you know, seeing in an aquatic themed thing here. So there's octopus, there's like turtles, um, oh. <laughs> starfish, like, but evil yeah. turtles. Ooh, like, oh, yeah. Oh, starfish, is, okay. starfish are cool. Um, starfish movement, zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like, you know, eels, electric eels, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. What are some like. Little crab. <laughs> Crabs crab. are cool. Yeah giant evil crab. oh yeah because like there's like really like uh gross like spider crabs that have like super long legs and like lanky arms that That oh yeah those things are those things are pretty creepy and they're like they're like nine feet wide some of them so yeah oh my gosh (sighs) 
Okay, so spider crab it is, I think. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so, so spider crab with a priest mm-hmm. creature that like a priest that is like controlling it or something like that. Yeah, that maybe the, the priest the priest is riding on the back of this spider crab in like a palaquin or something like that. And <laughs> oh, so he doesn't have to take the stairs and like he's casting spells from this thing's back while the spider crab is also making independent attacks. Oh, that's pretty cool. Would he be yeah. sitting in there though? Like so when the PCs get in, does he like make a run for the pallet. I mean, he's not sitting up there lounging on this creature. No, he's like, he's like up there throat singing or something like that, doing some weird or like, yeah, like praying to each coin that he throws into this mouth or he's got to be doing something weird. I do like the idea that the PCs have been hearing a weird song, like get louder as they approach the shrine thing. Um, Or like, yeah, flute playing or something, something like that. Do you remember uh, Chris and like in dark souls two, do you remember that? see that like area where you hear that creepy singing through the whole level and it's like yeah. a creepy frog thing uh, yes. yeah i don't know oh, oh. yeah <laughs> that's what yeah. i was kind of imagining yeah. um no i like that a lot and then we should also remember that we have our um our hostage you know the the worker oh, from that's over right. the tavern so i think yeah. this is where they are so maybe that priest guy has been singing and he's like yeah slowly throwing coins in and like from the, and also in that pile is the you know the captive? Yeah, the captive. Okay. To you. So it's like, maybe it's it's like coins, but it's also like other valuable things. Like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it would be, but like lots of different stuff. And like the final thing is going to be this like living sacrifice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that works. Yep. Huh. All right. Um, what if, so then uh, like, that... could, could some of the goods, I wonder if like they've been sneaking out and stealing stuff. Um, and some of it would be recognizable, but that probably is a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, I mean, that could be, that's like a good hook for the GM, right? Is like, you could, whatever's in, whatever in-game thing has gone missing. Yeah. 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 Shows up there. (laughs) Or yeah, you could, you could have it be all sorts of stuff. So then I think, so that's like a Honda Accord. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, that room then, how how big is that, right? So we we talked about like a nine foot wide crab. Yeah. <laughs> it needs Kuwato to be really top. it needs to be really big to allow for like okay. the fight to have movement and be interesting. Um, yeah, and there so there should there yeah. should be some other foot soldiers in there as well to like spice things yeah. up a little bit. So like okay. some things that would make this fight interesting are a maybe some of the like foot maybe some of the enemies can try not to kill you but to like push you. Yeah. into the water um mm-hmm. and it's maybe really slippery like around immediately around the the water mm-hmm. immediately around the pit it's like slippery and so if you mm. go there got to make a roll to not fall in yeah like maybe they have like harpoons that have like ropes on them so they like they they oh. they, they they get you and then they try to drag you back to up up towards the mountain uh, or up to or up towards the uh the 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 altar or whatever yeah have you guys seen the Harry Potter movies? Long yeah. time. Okay, there's uh, um, the Basilisk Chamber in mm-hmm. Chamber of Secrets. Spoiler alert. Um, th- that's what I'm envisioning. Like, if there's, there's sort of like a there's a dryish spot that's that fills most of the chamber, but then on either side, maybe there is um, you know like troughs of water. Yeah, right, going around. Yep, that works. So there's that, and then like kind of in the middle center is the giant anglerfish. So. 
their goal is to sort of throw you in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then there's some statues and stuff of, of Kuotoa's holding tridents and stuff. I love it. Yeah, and then they could, like, maybe the, the harpooners could, like, move double speed by, like, sliding through those troughs or something to get oh, around behind yes. you or that's, something like that's that. Exa- that's, that's good. Right? Okay. A few things it. like that I think will go a long way to making the fight more interesting. Okay. And then so you have you have this big crab and you have a couple of like kind of throwaway minion fish people and you have a priest who's on the back of the crab casting spells, right? Yeah. So yeah. That, so these guys are all pretty wimpy because these are first level PCs, but like mm-hmm. that that should be a great fight, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, especially if the the spells that he's casting would be like uh, to like immobilize you or like slow you down, yeah, so that you're yeah. easier to harpoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and in fact, maybe they're like actively working at least at first to capture, not kill, mm, mm-hmm. and then maybe maybe they only shift to kill when things get desperate as the PCs are are. Killing. Yeah, maybe it's like, oh yeah, ooh yeah. Instead of instead of a wizard, it's a bard. It because it's it's already playing music. Yeah. So it would be like casting like bardic spells like guide oh, or inspire oh, I or whatever. I really like That's that because perfect. the bard is never like the final boss and they should be. So uh, yeah. yeah. Now the it PCs is. Yeah, that's an interesting set of spells and effects that the PCs will get hit with. That's really okay. that's a good idea. Um so it's like they're almost fighting against time a little bit. So I think at some point to the the Kuito bard priest thing could also probably throw the captive in. <laughs> right. Like okay. maybe that's its maybe it's its final action, or it, like if you take out all of the, um, you know, all the other like warriors in that area, like that's its next move is to just go ahead and toss, yeah, toss the captive in there. Um, so then the PCs would pretty much have to jump in after, right? With, yeah. Is that is that the key for like PCs leave? Is that, I think is that, yeah. Like, so so I think they either they take out the bard, um, right, and like save before the captive can go in, or. Mm-hmm. You know, they throw the captive in. They can take out the bard and like can survive for a couple minutes underwater. So they can then make the decision about you know are they going to go after it or not, right? Because okay. like it's not just like I don't think I'm not envisioning it as like full of water up to the brim. I'm envisioning right. it again yeah. as like a 200 foot drop yeah. into water that's just at the bottom of it's just full of uh, yep you know, coins and stuff, so. like the Goonies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that was our time, guys. Yeah, so yeah, mark that down. You know, at a certain point um, of desperation, you know, the enemies shift from capture to kill, and then Mm -hmm. and then when it gets really when it's down to just the priest, he tries to dump the uh, the captive. Maybe. Yeah. Is that is that is that it? I think that's it. What? Maybe he's even like maybe he's even hoping his god will like uh, will respond to the sacrifice and save and and uh, save him, but, but it doesn't. I you think know what, I think you know, what, what if it right. does, what if it actually like hates, it hates that the proper procedure. So like this weird, like, yeah, sea slug like comes up through the altar and like bites the head off of this bar and then just goes <laughs> back to sleep. <laughs> you didn't sing it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So when, yeah. so then the PCs defeat the, the guys up here. Yeah. So what is 
So in a minute, they're going to have to jump down there maybe to save the captive. Mm-hmm. And eventually they'll come to the conclusion that the only way back out is to go down. We'll have to find some way to make it a little bit clear that it's not instant death to just drop down there, right? Mm, right. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe they can see down there and they can see the gold under the... They could see the gleaming gold down there and they can see that it's a survivable drop, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. I mean, they um, won't have like 200 feet of rope on them probably, so to lower themselves down or anything. That's a good point. I could mean, there'd be like it, an access, like, I, I mean, this sounds cheesy, like an access ladder or something like that. Like for yeah. go, going even, up and down. Even just like, un, or, or yeah, if there, if there's like uneven uh, bricks or mosaics or something, yeah. just it's like some kind of athletics check surmountable problem. Yeah, I think, and this could be, like, I don't want to give the players all the answers, right? This could just be something where you just get surprised by how the players Yeah, that's Yeah, that's a good point, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like, okay, now what? Right? Like, you can, you know, and make it obvious that, like, right, like, there is, that is a path. Like, you could just jump into, into yeah. there. Um, you know, and one question I have, so, like, with the anglerfish shrine thing, and I think we're almost there, but, like, when stuff gets thrown in there, does it respond in any way? Like, is it is it a real, real god, or is this like totally fake? Because I mean, like we have that orb, right? Like every time yeah. something gets thrown in, it could just like brighten a little bit, you know? Yeah. Could... Some I if it does something modest, you know, okay. uh, yeah, like some modest thing, just it's a little bit more creepy than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, to okay. suggest that there is some sort of malign intelligence down here you know still still responding to worship i like that yeah when should the players ever be able to actually communicate with any of the kuatoa or is this like totally an antagonistic cult i think think... that they should be able to communicate if they can speak like under common or whatever the kuatoa Mm -hmm. language is we can look it up but that the kuatoa are just naturally disposed to be very hostile and to consider humans like, you know, fit to be slaves. Um, okay. Yes, I mean, that's that's yeah. my instinctive response. So, I mean, maybe the, the party can be really clever in some way and still mm-hmm. strike up some sort of a, a negotiation. Yeah. But Yeah, but their their default assumption is like, oh, good, humans are here. We can it, enslave them. Exactly, or yeah. throw them into anglerfish. <laughs> so what what's some cool treasure that the PCs find up here, either on the, the bard or like, you know, stashed away, stashed away up here? But something cool that's, I mean, maybe there's like a plus one or weapon or two up here. But what's something mm-hmm. that's like a cool magic item that would be really fun to add to the party while still being level one appropriate? Um, the deck I of will... many things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With five cards pre-selected for it. Uh, the, I mean, I like something that has to do with like breathing underwater. So not yeah. like breathe underwater yeah. forever, but breathe underwater for five minutes or or what something would, like that. What would the co- what magic item would the Kuotoa find useful? Mm. So they can already breathe underwater. Yeah. So what what would they find useful that has a aquatic theme? Maybe some kind of like charm spell thing or like yeah, like a siren song thing is what I'm thinking. For, for the bard especially, yeah, yeah. For fish. Uh like this idea that they're they're they are tempting they would be they would have some kind of like mind control thingamajig. Mm-hmm. I know it's not aquatic theme, but that like when I think of like aquatic myths, there's like this 
this this temptation aspect to a, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I like that a lot. Yeah, so maybe there's um, <laughs> just like a, a little megaphone <laughs> that they hold <laughs> that they can sing through. But you know, like maybe it could be like a harp or something like that. That yeah, yeah. there you go. Is it anything like movement related? Would this be? Would it be overpowered to like you know if you're I don't know. Uh, what if speed up your movement if you're like touching water, you know, something yeah. like that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what if they uh, like their garments themselves are designed to like move through water really well, right? Because mm-hmm. they're, they're sliding around on them a lot, so it's like it doesn't quite fit you. But if you ever wanted to use it to swim, you would have the same movement. Yeah, you know? yeah, and like it's totally waterproof as well. Yeah, that so makes, they could like stitch it together to make a tent that can withstand anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, that that sounds good. And then I think one or two like more mundane things. And the the Dungeon Master's Guide probably has guides for like oh. appropriate. Yeah, like, I mean, I think just... a trident, right? Like a plus one trident would be rad to be able to come out of there. Yeah, with for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we are almost at our like a lot of time. Funny how that worked out perfectly. But... Yeah, that did work out uh, really well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this sounds like honestly a really fun dungeon to run. It does. Uh, so I think yeah, Andy and I will probably take some time and just sort of finish up a couple of ideas and, and get it together, and then of course we'll be running it. So yep. um, I'm not sure the timing on this. Likely this will go up, um, and then we will have recorded the kind of the playthrough episode as well so this should go up in kind of short order and maybe you can listen to it on your way to whatever you're doing for the holidays so yeah uh, yeah but i think i think we're good any kind of parting shots before we wrap up totally i still think we should nail uh falcor <laughs> to the wall okay <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll put an appendix at the end of the adventure <laughs> yeah. like, uh, optional encounter uh is creepy Falcor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love, I really love how this turned out. Um, yeah. I, I really loved uh, collaborating on this and yeah, this would have taken me twice as long to set, come up with something half as good. So yeah. uh, I, th- I really, I think this turned out really well. Well, yeah. Kyle, I hope you don't mind us, uh, mind us. Like some of your ideas are so cool that they feel a little out of scope for like, you know, one shot. Like, so I hope you haven't minded us. Like the, the whole whale with the psychic, you know, the <laughs> no, no, or whatever no, like no, that. I mean, great. I hope you filed that away for future use because that's some good stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, no, I also I, think, I, I think, this will be a good length for like a one shot. I think yeah. like, I think this could be done. And, uh, you know, one thing I kind of like is, you know, the PCs can kind of make it pretty quickly to the end if they want, you know, yeah. um, but they can also spend more time exploring around. So yeah. uh, I think anyway, probably okay. one note we could give like for the GM is just like, if, if you, if it's going too fast, just sort of switch, switch the wings, if you yeah. will. Yep. yep. So it's like sure. whatever wing they go down, that ends up being kind of the barracks wing yep. first, right? Just to like, yeah, to make it go yeah. a little bit. Not that GMs would ever do something like that on the fly. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. yeah, Chris, Chris, Chris. Okay. You're, you're off the show. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's wrap it up. So um, I've been Chris Salzman. I have been Andy Rao. And this week we were joined by... Kyle Latino. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot my name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kyle, for real, thank you so much for coming yeah. on. This was Kyle, this fun. is yeah. fantastic. We're really grateful you came on. This was way more fun uh, with oh, you yeah. participating. Say, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. This is this is exactly my jam. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, okay. thanks All right. guys. And have yeah, a good well, holiday. Yeah, thanks everybody. And just just remember if your players are having fun, you're a great GM. <laughs> Yay. All right. That's true.